Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, and welcome to TLS Voices. I'm Alan Jenkins. Gerard Manley Hopkins was born in Essex in 1844, the first of nine children. His father, himself a poet who reviewed poetry for the Times, and his mother were both high church Anglicans and deeply religious. The family moved to Hampstead in 1852, and Gerard was sent as a boarder to Highgate School, where, in the early years of the 20th century, a young T.S. Eliot taught an even younger John Betjeman. The young Hopkins showed great talent in drawing and composing poetry. Studying classics at Balliol College, Oxford, he befriended Robert Bridges, who would ensure the survival of his friend's poems by editing and publishing them long after Hopkins's death, and he was tutored by Walter Pater. But it was Hopkins's conversion to Roman Catholicism at the age of 22, and his decision two years later to enter the priesthood as a Jesuit, that were the decisive events of his life, estranging him from his family and causing him to abandon poetry for the next seven years. He was called back to it while studying theology at a Jesuit establishment in Wales. Encouraged by his religious superior, he wrote The Wreck of the Deutschland in memory of five Franciscan nuns who were among the drowned when their ship foundered on the Kentish Knock in 1875. One of the greatest and most difficult of all Victorian poems, The Wreck was accepted for publication by a Jesuit journal, but never appeared in Hopkins's lifetime. In this, it reflected both the fate of much of his daringly original and impassioned work, most of which was only published for the first time in 1918, 40 years after it was written, and his own ambivalence towards it. His ministry took him to Chesterfield, London, Oxford, Manchester, Liverpool and Glasgow, but his temperament was not ideally suited to the work of a priest, and he ended his short life, he died at the age of 44, as Professor of Greek and Latin at University College, Dublin. His last words were, I am so happy, I am so happy, I have loved my life. But this was truer to the religious ecstasy and the enthralled sensitivity to natural beauty out of which Hopkins's poems arose than to the facts of his life, in which he endured periods of darkness, isolation and depression. The radical innovations he made in his verse, 
his new rhythm, which consists, as he put it, in scanning by accents or stresses alone, without any account of the number of syllables, his compressed, sometimes tortured syntax and word coinages, his ingenious and occasionally outlandish rhymes, all these make for a demanding poetry, one which unfolds as a continuous verbal drama, an unprecedentedly expressive medium for the drama of Hopkins's mind and feelings. The poems are elaborate but piercing statements of what Joseph Phelan, in his review of Hopkins's journals and notebooks in the TLS this week, calls the intense aesthetic pleasure Hopkins derived from the observation of a natural world he believed to be a direct emanation of its creator, as in God's grandeur, of his acute sense of the sacrifice and triumph of Christ, as in the Windhover and of his compassion and fellow feeling for suffering humankind, as in Spring and Fall and Felix Randall. God's Grandeur The world is charged with the grandeur of God. It will flame out like shining from shook foil. It gathers to a greatness like the ooze of oil crushed. Why do men then now not wreck his rod? Generations have trod, have trod, have trod, and all is seared with trade, bleared, smeared with toil, and wears man's smudge and shares man's smell. The soil is bare now, nor can foot feel, being shod. And for all this, nature is never spent. There lives the dearest freshness deep down things, and though the last lights off the black west went, oh, morning at the brown brink eastward springs, because the Holy Ghost over the bent world broods with warm breast and with, ah, bright wings. The Windhover to Christ our Lord I caught this morning morning's minion, kingdom of daylight's dauphin, dappled dawn-drawn falcon, in his riding of the rolling level underneath him steady air, and striding high there, how he rung upon the rein of a wimpling wing in his ecstasy. Then off, off forth on swing, as a skate's heel sweeps smooth on a bow-bend, the hurl and gliding rebuffed the big wind. My heart in hiding stirred for a bird, the achieve of, the mastery of the thing. Brute beauty and valour and act, oh, air, pride, plume, here, buckle, and the fire that breaks from thee then, a billion times told lovelier, more dangerous, oh, my chevalier. No wonder of it. Sheer plod makes plough-down cillian shine. And blue-bleak embers, ah, my dear, Fall, gall themselves, and gash gold vermilion. Pied Beauty Glory be to God for dappled things, For skies of couple colour as a brinded cow, For rose-moles all in stipple upon trout that swim, Fresh fire-coal chestnut falls, finches' wings, Landscape plotted and pieced, fold, fallow and plough, and all trades, their gear and tackle and trim. All things counter, original, spare, strange, whatever is fickle, freckled, who knows how, with swift, slow, sweet, sour, a dazzle, dim, 
he fathers forth whose beauty is past change. Praise him. The May Magnificat May is Mary's month, and I muse at that and wonder why. Her feasts follow reason, dated due to season. Candlemas, Lady Day, but the Lady Month, May, why fasten that upon her with a feasting in her honour? Is it only its being brighter than the most are must delight her? Is it opportunist and flowers finds soonest? Ask of her the mighty mother. Her reply puts this other question. What is spring? Growth in every thing, flesh and fleece, fur and feather, grass and green world all together. Star-eyed, strawberry-breasted, throstle above her, nested cluster of bugle-blue eggs thin, forms and warms the life within, and bird and blossom swell in sod or sheath or shell. All things rising, all things sizing, Mary sees, sympathising with that world of good, nature's motherhood. Their magnifying of each its kind with delight calls to mind how she did in her stored magnify the Lord. Well, but there was more than this. Spring's universal bliss much had much to say to offering Mary May. When drop of blood and foam dapple bloom lights the orchard apple, and thicket and thorp are merry with silver-surfed cherry. And azuring over greybell makes wood banks and breaks wash wet like lakes, and magic cuckoo call caps clears and clinches all. This ecstasy all through mothering earth tells Mary her mirth till Christ's birth to remember and exultation in God who was her salvation. Binzi Poplars, Feld, 1879. My aspens dear, whose airy cages quelled, quelled or quenched in leaves the leaping sun, all felled, felled, are all felled, of a fresh and following folded rank, not spared, not one that dandled a sandaled shadow that swam or sank on meadow and river and wind-wandering, weed-winding bank. Oh, if we but knew what we do when we delve or hew, Hack and rack the growing green. Since country is so tender to touch, her being so slender, that, like this sleek and seeing ball, but a prick will make no eye at all, where we, even where we mean to mend her, we end her, when we hew or delve, after comers cannot guess the beauty been. Ten or twelve, only ten or twelve strokes of havoc unselve the sweet, especial scene, rural scene, a rural scene, sweet, especial rural scene. Peace. When will you ever peace, wild wood dove, shy wings shut, your round me roaming end, and under be my boughs? When, when, peace, will you, peace? I'll not play hypocrite to my own heart. I yield you do come sometimes, but that piecemeal peace is poor peace. What pure peace allows alarms of wars, the daunting wars, the death of it? Oh, surely, reaving peace, my Lord should leave in lieu some good. 
And so he does leave patience exquisite that plumes to peace thereafter. And when peace here does house, he comes with work to do. He does not come to coo, he comes to brood and sit. Felix Randall. Felix Randall, the farrier. Oh, is he dead then? My duty all ended, who have watched his mould of man, big-boned and hardy handsome, pining, pining, till time when reason rambled in it and some fatal four disorders fleshed there, all contended. Sickness broke him. Impatient he cursed at first, but mended, being anointed and all, though a heavenlier heart began some months earlier, since I had our sweet reprieve and ransom tendered to him. Ah, well, God rest him, all road ever he offended. This seeing the sick endears them to us, us too it endears. My tongue had taught thee comfort, touch had quenched thy tears, thy tears that touched my heart, child, Felix, poor Felix Randall. How far from then forethought of all thy more boisterous years, when thou at the random grim forge, powerful amidst peers, didst fettle for the great grey dray-horse his bright and battering sandal. Spring and Fall to a Young Child Margaret, are you grieving over Golden Grove unleaving? Leaves like the things of man you with your fresh thoughts care for, can you? Ah, as the heart grows older, it will come to such sights colder by and by, nor spare a sigh, though worlds of wanwood leaf-meal lie, and yet you will weep and know why. Now no matter, child, the name, sorrow's springs are the same. Nor mouth had, no, nor mind expressed what heart heard of, ghost guessed. It is the blight man was born for. It is Margaret you mourn for. Finally, thou art indeed just, Lord. Thou art indeed just, Lord, if I contend with thee. But, sir, so what I plead is just. Why do sinners' ways prosper, and why must disappointment all I endeavour end? Wert thou my enemy, O thou my friend, how wouldst thou worse, I wonder, than thou dost defeat, thwart me? Oh, the sots and thralls of lust do in spare hours more thrive than I that spend, sir, life upon thy cause. See, banks and breaks now, leaved how thick, lay said they are again with fretty churvil, look, and fresh wind shakes them. Birds build, but not I build. No, but strain, time's eunuch, and not breed one work that wakes. Mine, O oh, thou Lord of life, send my roots rain. You can read Joseph Phelan's review of the notebooks and journals of Gerard Manley Hopkins in this week's TLS. The issue also contains an exclusive extract from the first English translation of Second Hand Time by Svetlana Alexievich, winner of last year's Nobel Prize in Literature, and the first English translation of a talk by Vladimir Nabokov plus all the latest reviews of new novels and books about history, art, travel and much more.
To find out more about the TLS and to read a free selection of articles from this week's issue, go to our website, the-tls.co.uk. You can read the TLS in full every week in print and via our app, which is available on iTunes and in the Amazon App Store. The TLS. Life in every word. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.